Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. All right, folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire podcast, mwwire.com. That's our website. Thanks for reading, stopping by, Twitter. It's a little bit different. MWC Wire, Facebook, eh, a little different as well. Mountain West Wire there, Matt Kennerly, and we're doing um, part one of week three. So, good good day. Yeah, it's always a good day when you get to talk football. It is excellent, and so we're going to break these up again because there's a Thursday game, and maybe people don't want to listen to 90 minutes of us. If you don't, it's okay. We'll still we'll still be your friend, but we'll break in two parts to make things easier on everyone. Yeah, that's true. And, well, just to give you a heads up, if we are not talking about a team of yours, we'll be doing that in a couple of days. Um, and we have it basically broken down where there are 11 games this weekend, starting Thursday night with Utah State hosting Tennessee Tech. So we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about Hawaii, Boise State, Colorado State, and Wyoming on this podcast. So if you're looking for the other ones that kick off later in the afternoon and in the evening – You'll have to stay tuned for that one. And thanks for already downloading. And if you stop, cool. That's okay. <laughs> you can wait for a day or two. Uh, we forgive you. We, we do. We know how it is. Uh, does there, not everybody wants to listen to Hawaii. I don't know why or Wyoming, but it's okay if you do. If you're a Nevada fan, Lobo fan, who new quarterback alert this week. We'll get to that next mm-hmm. show. But let's get down to it. Tennessee Tech at Utah State. FCS game. Vic, can we just say victory and move on? Or should we actually give talk a little bit about the Aggies, how well they're doing because they have an awesome kicker and finally a running game? I mean, I think we should maybe talk about it a little bit. If, <laughs> yes. if, if only in terms of, you know, if we both expect this to, to be a win, that makes perfect sense. I totally expect them to win big in this game, too. But for you, what do you want to see out of this Utah State team in this game? Well, before I mention that real quick, it's on Facebook again, as they are the home of Facebook football and stadium. Uh, 6 p.m. local kick their mountain time. So what I want to see is the running game, because... Last week was the first time in a long time they had a really good running attack. They've, they know they have Devontae Mays and the NFL. They've had guys in the past in the Seahawks who are running the ball quite well. But the past couple of years, they have not run the ball well. So I want to see who is that going to be. Is It probably should be Gerald Bright. Could be he had a huge game last week. I want to see the running game have another consistent good effort. I don't expect, like, maybe he'll have 100 yards because he r- rushes 10 times and has a similar result for last week going, like, 9 yards a carry on and have big runs. I just want to see it overall to be efficient. I don't really care who it is, honestly, because you're playing Tennessee Tech. You're going to see some backups in there. But I want to see the running game exceed and um, maybe fewer field goals because you get closer, I want those touchdowns to happen too. Well, are, are we rooting for Dominic Everly to, like, break records? Okay, let's do this. I, I want to see all the field goals. Let's but, do but more 40 plus. 40 plus only. <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> but what I want to see is, you know, also on the offensive end, but I, I want to see Jordan Love rebound in this game because by the numbers, you know, yeah, he he was he didn't need to do as much against New Mexico State as he did against Michigan State, but I want to see his numbers improve kind of across the board because he only completed 52% of his passes. And though he did have the one touchdown, he had a one interception as well. And it's kind of hard to 
to see what this passing game has been made of so far, if only because, you know, either they've turned the ball over, you know, more times than they probably should have, like in the Michigan State game, or they haven't really needed to push the envelope that much, as in, you know, in the as in the New Mexico game last week. So that I think is what I want to see. I just want to kind of see him get in a rhythm early and you know be kind of that core component that lets Utah State slam the door. And I mean, I think if there's one big takeaway, it's that he has done his best work early. He's completed 13 of 18 passes in the first quarter. And coincidentally enough, he's has his best completion percentage on first down. But I want to see him kind of keep that going throughout the game to the point where, you know, he can take a seat and, you know, the backup can come in and take care of business from there. Exactly, because he had, what, 100, what, under 150, I believe. I had it here a second It ago. was uh, 159. Yeah. And, yeah, be more efficient, 1427. Just just go 13 of 18 in this game and have like a 200 yards maybe is that too much to ask no i mean i think that's fair just go ahead and do that and tennessee tech they haven't won a game all year and this should be an easy win for the aggies but defense played well over last week just keep that up but just uh, get a dominant win because i was chatting with a few guys they're like utah state i forget where uh, i wish i heard no it was something on tv or radio like they're gonna challenge Boise state for the mountain division well slow down on that folks they might be the number two team. Maybe they will challenge Boise State, but we'll see. Because maybe, well, especially, especially since Tennessee Tech, they've lost two games to Chattanooga and Kennesaw State. Yeah, and they are for the moment allowing an average of ten point four yards per attempt. Per attempt, not completion. Per attempt. attempt. Oh yeah, it's it's nearly sixteen yards per completion. Jordan Love lighted up. Exactly. All right, so we'll see how they they should win fine because who knows Michigan State's not looking too good either. So. So that's uh, whatever. They're one and one. They should be two and one after this. And that's Thursday night Facebook game. We will have that on our website. So find our Utah State preview. We'll include that there just so you can just chill and hang out on our website and watch some football. Exactly. Chromecast it or Roku, Apple TV on the big screen. There you go. All right. Hawaiian Army. I'm still putting together my piece to say Hawaii will be amazing this year because they are. Like maybe six and oh, maybe more beyond that. They go to Army. Uh, excuse me, not 10. 6 a.m. local kickoff in Hawaii. Noon Eastern at West Point, take on Army of the Black Knights. CBS Sports Network. Is that really a big deal, you think, starting that early? It's always kind of hard to say, if only because they don't do it that often. You know, they've only had two trips to the East Coast in the last couple of years. And if I remember correctly, the game that they won at UMass, excuse me, at UMass was... The opener. Yeah, it was an opener, but I also think it was a little later in the day. Yes, it was some mid-afternoon, late. Yeah, I think it was like, what, a a 7 o'clock kickoff in Amherst? Something like that. I'm trying to remember. I just remember it was week zero and not early in the day. Yeah, and then the year before that, they went to Michigan and got beaten pretty handily. And And I, I honestly don't know how to ascribe or how to how to talk about this game in those terms because you think you know you're talking about athletes in the primes of their lives so they would be ready for something like that but it is kind of a unique hurdle do you want to know how far this travel this trip is oh it's something like six thousand miles isn't it so i go to google maps real quick and my default is driving Mm-hmm. Honolulu, Honolulu to West Point. Sorry, we cannot calculate driving directions. <laughs> but if I click on the plane, it's a. It only gives me the price here. That's annoying. It's basically like a half a day. 
If I wanted to fly, if you wanted to fly there, the best price right now is a $727 round trip. So, but it's about 13-hour flight. The miles, why won't it tell me the miles, people? Come on. It's a lot of miles. That's all there is to it. I'm looking at my globe. And Google Maps has failed me. That's one of the distance. That's all I want to Google. But it's super far. And where did they play? They were at home last week, so it's not like they were in the mainland and hung out like they do occasionally here and there, where they say they're playing like uh, UNLV, then Nevada, or some two like two two straight road games on the West Coast. They may hang out and stay there just because it's a smart thing to do. Yeah, I, I didn't look to see if they left early or not. I'm assuming they would because that's a basically a full day of travel. And if the game Saturday morning, they want to probably be there Thursday, maybe for them Wednesday. Mm-hmm. So when did they leave? Tuesday night? Take some red eye from Honolulu to, who knows, uh, Salt Lake, Seattle, L.A. You know what I mean? Some Western Phoenix, perhaps. Some red eye flight. I don't. It's. I think it's sort of a big deal just because, unless they're there the whole week. I don't know. I, I don't know if this will, this can't be an excuse if they lose or whatever, but it's something to look for because it is a rarity because I know they went to Florida the year after Colt Brennan was there and they got thrashed playing the same early kick time, so – I don't know. Why can't they help out Hawaii and let them play a little bit later in the day? I mean, I think what'll help in this matchup they're good. is there's there's yeah, they are pretty good, <laughs> especially on the offensive side of the ball. But to me, the biggest potential mismatch in this game is Hawaii's passing game, which we've all seen what they can do in the first three weeks, versus Army's secondary. Because if if the Black Knights have a weakness, I think it's in their ability to defend the pass. Because you know, in the two games they've played so far, you know, Liberty was able to move the ball a little bit through the air. You know, the big difference was that they first turnovers against the Flames. And in their loss against Duke, you know, Daniel Jones, who's very quietly one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC, I think, he had a pretty efficient day. And I, if I remember correctly, over the first couple of games, they're averaging about 9.3 yards per attempt allowed. And that's pretty significant when you look at what Hawaii's been able to do in the first few games. They've basically been air, they've been able to air it out, especially early. So I'm kind of looking for more of the same, to be honest. I'm looking for Cole McDonald to come out swinging. <laughs> Clean Cole McDonald? Is that Clean Cole. <laughs> I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push that until tell, somebody tells me not to. Just go present that to people in Kentucky, West Virginia, those rural areas, Tennessee, maybe <laughs> they may like yeah, that exactly. better than in some places. Cause Hey, they live that life. Uh, really quick. Do you like to know the overall yards per play allowed for army is over seven yards per play. 7.13. That's pretty significant. That's basically a first on every play. If you're doing if my math is right there, almost and, every time. And the number of big plays that they've given up through the air is I think about 14% based on the number of attempts that they've had so far. And, and and this is in terms of 20-yard plays through the air. And, of course, Hawaii, part of, it is <laughs> yeah. because they, part of it is because they've played three games, but they're currently number one in the country in 20-plus-yard pass plays. So, you know, like I said, Cole McDonald, John Rasua, Cedric Bird, JoJo Ward, you know, should we set the over-under for passing yards at, like, 400? Why not? What what is Cole? What is he averaging this year per game? Three something. Ah, uh, I wish I had that in front of me. Maybe I pulled up. He, he well, he has a thousand and sixty five yards through three games, so it's a 300 three hundred something. Three eighty eight. So over and under, over under three eighty eight. Oh man, that's a, that's, a, that's a. I guess that's his average, so it can't really change. Um, he's done that twice already. Mm-hmm. I will say this: Liberty threw at will against this Army team. Yeah, I'm going to say over. 
I think I'm t- I think I'm going to too. I think it's ultimately going to be kind of a track meet in the same way that the Navy game was, where both defenses are probably going to not be able to stop these offenses in their own ways. Because, you know, Army's still got a pretty good offense. And on the year, they're averaging about, uh, I think it's about five and a half yards per carry. Well, remember, they beat San Diego State last year running the ball like they do. And so that's That's going to be a concern for this Hawaii defense. Yeah, and basically it's just going to come down to how much can you stop it because in the two games that Army's played so far, Duke has been able to, and they won that game. And Liberty really wasn't, and they lost. So kind of an open question, but I do think that Hawaii's offense is going to be enough to keep them ahead. I'm going to be bold here and say Cole McDonald will get 1,600 total passing yards after this game. So that's what, 412 yards? 435, exactly. 435. That's not out of the question. No, if they break off a few big plays, absolutely. Well, he's basically done that twice. 418 Colorado State, 428 Navy. Didn't need him quite as much in the race, but he's also completing 70% of his passes. He has no inter- no interceptions either. And also, how surprised are you really quick that this is a Army, is like a six-point uh, favorite? Uh, well, when I checked, it was six and a half. Did it move to six? Um it's bounced around. No, it's still six and a half. But still, is that all because it's the home field and early kick time? Or most of it? I think some of it might be. Maybe just Vegas hasn't adjusted to Hawaii yet. Maybe. It's here's the thing. Hawaii on the road well, it's never mind, let's get something different here. I only have like three games, that's not worth it to mention. Because Army's not a here's the thing, Army's a a pretty good team. They're, they won their bowl game last year. They can run the ball well. They don't have a new quarterback because Armad Bradshaw, is he not there anymore? Correct? Uh, yeah, he graduated. So that, that's a pretty big deal. Kelvin Hopkins there. Here's an interesting note. They've already thrown 28 times this year. 28 passes. And a, lo- and a lot of that was because Duke forced them to in that opener. Just a side note, Armad Bradshaw had 43 total attempts last year. Total. And he was abysmal. Yeah. But running the ball, like he's not like he only has a, not even a barely not even a hundred yards in two games. So what Army normally does, like when you look at Broad Bradshaw, he was amazing, seventeen hundred yards last year. He's a step back from quarterback play. It's only two games, so it is early, but it's still not the same. Where he's nowhere near that pace when he has about forty five yards in two games. And he mm-hmm. played Liberty, who brand new FBS team up from FCS. They should have been able to do a bit more. I'm thinking, but. I think I watched out for Chris Holt, who averaging 10 yards a touch running the ball. Or K- no, yeah, Kalen Holt. Sorry, excuse me. My eyesight's not the best here today, apparently. But it's going to be the same Army team. So Hawaii's defense needs to stay disciplined and stay in front and not t- – like, I always say you play an option team. Just you got to play your exact thing. I don't care how many times that your nose tackle has to defend the fullback dive. Get the fullback dive every time. Mm-hmm. Because the one time you don't, boom, 20-yard gain, 15-yard gain. Huge pickup. So – yeah, I mean, I think it's pretty clear by this point that Army is going to be able to move the ball. Yeah. But I but I don't know if they're going to be able to keep up. Now, if they're running the ball like that, I am going to say Hawaii is going to win this game outright. And I'm with you. All right. Um, really quick, um, as I well, do. Well, do you have a score prediction, though? I'm about to get to that really quick. Team rankings oh, okay. and number five. i got to mention those every time. So they both predict Army to win. Um, team rankings, 35 to 27 or 28 in that decimal range. And then number fire has uh, basically twenty seven thirty nine. Say so both them army covering. All right. Here's the thing there too. There's gonna be a thousand plus yards in this game because Hawaii gives up or no, that doesn't give up. Excuse me. Average of five forty per game. 
Army goes for 438 per game. Third down conversion could be key because Army only completes 40% of those. Hawaii, 46%. Mm-hmm. And Hawaii also scores twenty more points per game than them. So, <laughs> 20, <laughs> yeah. just say that's a big number just there. Po- when in doubt, just point to the scoreboard, right? Yeah, they're averaging forty-eight point three to Army's twenty-six, and twenty-six is not bad, but it's not not forty-eight points. You're gonna want to roll out of bed for this one, everybody. Yes, if you're if you're a Hawaii friends, please. Okay, I'll give Hawaii friends an exception. You can DVR the game and maybe wake up at eight o'clock and catch up. I'm that's cool. true. I'm cool with that because. Have you ever gone gone up early or late night for some sporting event that wasn't in, like for say World Cup soccer or some international game? Like even even NFL games in London that start like at um, what nine Eastern, which is super early for us out here west six seven maybe earlier. Do you roll out? Would you roll out of bed for a game like that live? Have you ever done that for the for the London games? I don't think I've ever watched any of them because most of them are garbage anyway. Sure, Niners were but... on last year, weren't they? But I was, ago? but I was absolutely rolling out of bed at five a.m. to watch Spain with my, uh, with my gal or over the summer. World Cup, okay. I've never done that. I've, I've stayed up late to watch games, but I've never gone up like the four a.m. or three a.m. game to w- kick to watch anything. So, I'm not gonna say you're not a true fan if you do if you don't get up at six a.m. But I'm also it's fine. I don't care. It's your team. Do what you want to do to watch it. But if you're anywhere in the country, you should be able to watch this live for at least That's a little true. bit. So my prediction, I'm going to say uh, 35-24 for Hawaii. I think it's going to be something. I think I'm going to say 38-34 Hawaii wins. Okay. All right, Hawaii's 3-0. And I'm just telling you, I saw CBS Sports video. I'm going to kind of embed that in the article I'm doing. I'm telling you, 6-0 is for real. They're coming. All right. You heard it here first. So let's move on. Next game, if, as my schedule reloads, it's not a um, 10 a.m. Eastern game. Is it um, – oh, yeah, it is. It's the uh, good old – um, it's, it's only the biggest game of the oh, weekend. I apologize. Think? I don't know no, what I was thinking of. I saw Nevada announce their kick time versus Toledo, and I thought that was this week. That's the week. That's so next week where it's a 9 a.m. Pacific kick. So I feel for you, Nevada fans, for two or two out of the past three week games where it's uh, early. Kick. All right, I guess we'll get to it. Uh, Boise State at, at Oklahoma State. So number number seventeen, Boise State at number twenty four, Oklahoma State. Also, can I give a shameless plug real quick? Absolutely. If you go to our Twitter account, our pinned tweet, MWC Wire, our good friends over at uh, Breaking Tea have been nice enough to allow us to um, – they created a T-shirt for the turnover chair, the Kings of Chaos. That's cool. It's also I – I guess they say it's a big deal. It's officially licensed, sold in the bookstore. So I saw that. So that's the same one. It's the exact same one. They have different – if you're at the Boise bookstore, I think you can get orange and white – they do partnerships like MLB, so that's why they could actually use Boise State on this, not what we've done before, like our undefeated forever or stature for loser, the Wyoming T-shirt, yeah, yeah, that, that stuff. So that's why I said Boise State. So check it out. If you go to our tweet, if you want to get a shirt, pretty cool. Check it out. So King of Chaos, Turnover Throne. Sure, go pick up a shirt, and we would very, greatly appreciate it too. And it looks pretty cool too. So I'm not just saying because I want you to go buy one. I'm going to buy one too. We get a free one. A free one. I'm sending it to one of our Boise guys, Raj. He's been around for a while, but um, I actually I bought two of these, and so I might buy a third one. So I'm spending my hard-earned money on this, folks. So you can too. Nice. <laughs> All right. So the game itself. So Oklahoma State is a slim three and a half point favorite at the moment. It, that could change. We're recording this Tuesday afternoon, so that. <laughs> Well, Pot- according to according to Vegas Insider, it has changed. It's dropped to three. Oh, oh my, I apologize. I must have not looked at the one here. Okay. It was three and a half when I 
that's what my well i guess i better edit my post right now because i'm working on an early article so i better change that to three so basically home field advantage even though boise's ranked higher which is fine and what do we expect of this game oh also it's espn 130 mountain time 12:30 pacific all that good stuff you can find it just search um oklahoma state boise state there you go but people are saying like you i made a graphic about ucf and you saying boise's the best group of five team they're given now it's almost a 10 percent chance to make the playoff super early we know we're not going to dive into that but like this team it looks to be one of the better one of their better teams they've had to match up like the fiesta bowl years or when they back when they played louisville those type of games like kellen moore at quarterback uh, all those guys i think this could be one of those teams so here's my question are we sure about that Maybe. Because because look Maybe. at who they've played so far. I get that. I hear you. And if you haven't followed Oklahoma State that closely, I'm just going to tell you real quick. They have played Missouri State, and they have played South Alabama. And, you know, I will give them credit. They did roll up over 600 yards of offense against South Alabama last week. They had over seven yard, 700 yards of offense in their opener. They're averaging right around... I think seven and a half yards per play on offense, but it's Missouri state in South Alabama. How much do we really know about this team? Here's what we know. They have a new quarterback because their quarterback last year graduated and moved on. Mason Rudolph is no longer there. And it, Drew Brown, former Hawaii guy was in the mix. He looks like to be the number three guy, if I'm correct, at least he's played so far. We know they're going to put up points or they're going to three yards. This is going to be a game where there could be a lot of points scored. I think, well, theoretically there could be. Because I think Boise State's defense is the edge in this game of why they could win or will win. Well, Oklahoma State is always, like I said, throwing yards, touchdown points. Kind of like a, almost what Texas Tech, Washington State kind of do that type of offense. However, all they do is throw the ball, which is fine. Because look at their running running attack. Justice Hill leads the team in rushing. He has 154 yards in two games. Like, okay, that's fine. He played FCS team, South Alabama, who's... Maybe fringe bowl eligible team typically year in year out. Ask the Aztecs about that. But he has his one one long runs ninety two yards. All these guys like their top two rushers have, which is great for them. If you have a ninety plus yard run, it all counts. I'm just kind of put into perspective. Out of the 154 yards he has, he has a ninety two for a long. Justice Hill, LD Brown, 124 yards, a 77 long. And so they're averaging six yards a carry as a team. But they have two huge plays, which skew that a little bit. But, again, you don't take it away. But if you look at their other typical carries, it's not that great. They're running the game, running the ball. Here's my counter-argument to that. What's your counter-argument? Tyler Wallace? <laughs> well, it's my counter-argument is actually several arguments. Go for it. Boise State has David Moa coming back. They do. They and- also have Tyson Maeva coming back. And they also have Jordan Happel coming back you know, to give them a little more depth in the secondary. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, this defense is by far the best defense that the Cowboys have played so far this year. And it doesn't hurt that, you know, maybe caveats if you want to say, yeah, well, they played Troy and UConn. How big of a deal is that? But right now they're holding the, the opposing quarterback to a, a, an overall rating of 118 Point sixteen, which is really good, you know. And you know they have everybody back in the secondary from last year, and that's one of those things where if you go and look at what Bill Connolly wrote about returning production back in January, 
you know, the number of passes defensed that you bring back from year to year matters. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that they have everybody there, you know, Horton is fully healthy. Avery Williams, I think he's going to play in this game. You know, Kekola Kaniho, DeAndre Pierce, like everybody in that secondary is a better athlete than anybody that South Alabama or Missouri State threw out there. And so I'm kind of tempted to just say that Oklahoma State's not ready for this matchup. No, they're not. And Boise only sort of is, I think. Troy's usually pretty good. So out of the, all the opponents that played, Troy's the best team that either team has played. And so that's that's you got to say something for that. And Boise's played two FBS teams, even though UConn is pretty low on the totem pole because they're still building. They're looking at FPI because that's what I happen to have up. They're 125 in, F, or in FPI. They are staying, They are behind, if you believe this, Matt, behind two spots behind San Jose State, UConn. Huh. Can we get that game on the schedule? <laughs> <laughs> Spartan fans. <laughs> but, but you're right. It's like this is the toughest test for both teams, clearly. So it wouldn't matter if Boise State played everybody in the Mountain West. This probably would still be their toughest game. Yeah, and I mean, I think the maybe the one thing that I look at is the, the whole idea of success rate. And if you're not familiar with success rate, it's – it's one of the more telling stats that you may want to start paying attention to. And for those of you who don't know what it is off the top of your head, essentially it's the percentage of plays in which a team gets 50% of the yards they need on first down, 70% on second down, or 100% on third and fourth down. And when I look at what Oklahoma State did last week against South Alabama, they had a success rate of about 43.8, which is, you know, it's, it's good, but it's not great. And yeah, I'm trying to find real quick what Boise State was able to do against UConn, if you don't mind talking for a minute so I can look that up. No, that's fine. There's, I guarantee it's going to be super high success rate. They scored 62 points, right? Wasn't that what it was? 60-something points? It was Okay, so their success rate against UConn was 71%. That's good. They had the number one difference margin in, in success rate over a team in week two last week. And even against Missouri State, you know, their success rate was only 51%. If you go back and look at what Boise State did against Troy, I'm trying to look that up real quick. If you don't mind talking again for a minute. No, here's what we're going to say. Here's what we want to do. We're going to have more in-depth on this game, too. We're going to talk with um, Scott Howell of Oklahoma and covers Oklahoma State. Our buddy Raj is going to hop on and do a short little his own 10-minute preview on that as well. So we'll have more insight like we had the past couple weeks with the individual team preview. So look for that. Okay, and so can I just throw this out there real quick? Go for it. Boise State against Troy, their success rate was 64.5%. Okay. So their offense has been performing at a higher level against teams that ostensibly are maybe a little bit stiffer competition. And so we, we may be talking about the offense versus defense matchup. Mm-hmm. But I feel like this is an opportunity where even the offense, which has been, you know, it's been better than I think I've seen it in a couple of years. You know, if they get a lead early, the Cowboys may not be able to recover on defense because we still don't know how good they are either. Hmm. That's true because, again, they played this head and shoulders above any offense they've played. And it's still early, so it's kind of – so it's not like we can really dive too much into it. I would read this awesome article on the Oklahoman, but it's behind a paywall. So I guess what the title says, self-critical despite improvement, Cornelius seeks clean performance for Boise State. I guess that's their defensive coordinator. It was like uh, Taylor Cornelius, um, registered senior quarterback. I guess I want to play better. Cool. Great. 
Um, I mean, let, let's put it this way. In the first two games they played last year, they routed Tulsa and South Alabama, and they had pretty good defensive performances. And then, you know, they gave up a little more per play against Pittsburgh and then got rocked by TCU. That's what I'm thinking, too. I was trying to and see. to me, this kind of seems like the like like the natural progression. That just because when they play a tough team, they don't show up, or it's just when uh, they when they face a top offense, they're going to get lit up. Let's see. Yeah, last year they any decent team they played, they lost Oklahoma, give up sixty two. They were pretty good last year. They won what nine games, ten games. Wonder Bowl game gets Virginia Tech, but Oklahoma, Texas Tech, they scored they allowed they allowed a lot of points because TC like I said forty four they allowed thirty four versus Texas Tech. They um, somehow beat Texas only by three. But they give up 30-plus points to West Virginia, 60 Oklahoma, 42 versus Iowa State. They, it's 40 to Kansas State. So it's like – it's also what the Big 12 does. So this isn't unfamiliar for what, they, what they're going to be going up against all year long. But you're right. It's a, it's a huge jump. And Boise's going to score, and Boise's going to stop this defense, I think, for at least most of the game or enough of this game. So how do you see this game playing out? It's a tough one to play. It's I'm, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't want to be too high in Boise. Like, oh, they're going to win. They should win. I w- this game is going to be a toss-up because that's why it's a field goal favorite or difference in this game. Oklahoma State's at home. Because playing the Stillwater is a pretty tough place to play. But then again, Brian Harrison, some of these guys have been there before. FPI really quick gives Oklahoma State just a 54% chance of winning this game. So it is a literal coin flip. I think – did you see real quick – these teams, bro. I'm not. I'm not stalling here. Just to just to keep going. But Boise's averaging 59 per game. Oklahoma State 56. They're both allowing basically two touchdowns a game on defense. I'm going to say Boise's going to win, and it's going to be more points than this about the because team rankings number fire have uh, the teams combining for about 65 points. I think it's going to be like 40 to 40 to 30 for Boise State. I think Boise's going to go in and win big. What's big? Give it to me. What do you got? I think Boise's going to go in and win like 45 to 20. Okay. If they win, not necessarily that big, but if they win at all, will they get respect to be top 15? They'd better be. Can I go one further and, and be stupid right now just because? Go for it. Would this win give them any – because remember, they're almost a 10% playoff consideration team at the moment, and they're sitting at 17. Would they be? Would people maybe start whispering? Getting close to that, maybe, or they stall out like a maybe ten if they just keep winning out. No, I mean I think there are enough tough games left on the schedule where they can keep climbing if they keep winning. So you're you're telling me Fresno State, who lost to Minnesota, and San Diego State squeaked by Sac State and lost their starting quarterback for about a month are tough teams? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I'm just saying. I got to ask the question here because. There are question marks of those teams. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight to the top for whoever ends up winning the conference this year. I guess Utah State as well can't leave them out. Aggie fans will not like us if we don't include them in that conversation. Yeah. Okay. I'm just I'm just being legitimate. I'm not just saying, oh, if they went oh, out, no, I get it. I get it. Seventh had Minnesota lost versus Fresno and Aztecs didn't lose Chapman for a while and beat Sac State forty to ten. Different story, but I don't know. It is way too early, so I'm just curious. But if they do win, they should like. Really quick, TCU plays Ohio State. TCU's probably going to lose. Uh, Mississippi State doesn't scare me at all. They move, move it up a couple spots. Um, LSU will lose another game or two just because they do. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We'll see. Oregon's win over San Jose State pending is not going to move the needle at all the rankings. 
But I, if they win, they should be about 15th, I'm thinking. Regardless of what any other team does outside of maybe, like, say, if TCU wins, are obviously going to stay above Boise State. But I think they should be top 15 if they win this game, even by one point. All right. All right, then, but we both picked them to cover and win. Obviously, win it covers no matter what. So next game, we are – oh, man, my tabs are failing me here. I have too many tabs. Well, we've, we've got two games we can talk about. There's uh, – we can, real, we can Let's talk about that one real quick. Do we have to? Yeah, we do. That's our obligation. <laughs> obligation. Uh, yeah, let's see if Wyoming has an offense this game. Quarterback, Tyler Vanderwall, can you do something? Can you um, complete the pat- ball 60%? They have a rushing game. There's a decent amount to see on this game. I think they play in the – is this a Mountain West Network game, I believe, at a noon – or excuse me, a two uh, Mountain Time? I'm pretty sure it is. I haven't been able to find any information on that because they haven't released the game notes as of yet. I should pull it up. I got College Press Box here. They have announcers. They, T- don't, they don't have it there. TBA announcers, but I'm thinking it's a Mountain West Network, but I'm not sure. Regardless, here's the thing. They should win, win big. They still have some injuries, but this is a game where they don't need those guys to come in and play. I just want to see them throw the ball well and actually run the ball well too, because they've. It's a good break. They play two tough teams back to back, and two yeah. really good, two really good offenses. So, I want to see them move the ball like they did against Gardner Webb last year. <laughs> Send the because ball I higher. Like, <laughs> I mean, because I just, I think that this is a situation where you're absolutely right. You know, they. If, if you think back to the parallels between this year's non-conference schedule and last year's, you know, they went on the road and got beat up a little bit at Iowa, and then they got beat up a little bit at home against Wazoo, but then they were able to right the ship against Gardner-Webb, and they were able to be fairly competitive in conference play. And so I kind of see this being the same way. You know, they're, you know, Wolford, I think, you know, they're fine. Like they're not going to blow anybody away. They're actually already two and zero this year with wins over the Citadel and VMI. But I think if, especially if the front four can slow down their ground game, because one of the things that jumps out to me, at least so far, is the fact that they are averaging eight point two yards per rush so far in the first two games, and some of that has to do with some big plays. You know, they have. Uh, at least three runners, Ryan Lovelace, Lennox McAfee, and Nathan Walker, who have one run of 60 yards or more. So the numbers may be skewed a little bit, but you know, it's, but it gives them something to look forward to as a challenge. And if they can do that, then, you know, they have a fairly pedestrian passing game. You know, Joe Newman's fine. He's completing about 65% of his passes, but he only has 153 yards in two games. So they haven't really needed him to do all that much. I think I think Wyoming's going to be fine in this game. They, they shut should... down the running game. They're going to take control of this game fairly quickly. Well, here's the thing too. Like, um, just another thing I'm trying to check is um, Bigelow starting to get a running back. I believe is he making week. I'm pretty sure Nico Evans is still out. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Brian Foster, or excuse me, uh, yeah, Brandon Foster. Excuse me. Depth chart's released, but not on the website I was looking at. They are. Let me zoom in here because it's a small screenshot. Running back is going to be no Nico Evans is listed as or. So I would expect them to play just a little bit because you're playing Wolford. Mm-hmm. So there's that. So that's something to look at just because give the guys some plays in the backup spot. Who knows? Um, they should win fine, but I just want to see them do well. Like you, we joke about, oh, do over scored in their web, but they need a co- little bit of a confidence boost because this isn't the Boise game the week after. Well, they have a bye week next week, and then you're right. They do host Boise, so it's not going to get any easier from here. Okay, and also um, Craig Bull on Tyler Vanderwall. 
said he got better, but he still needs to improve. So, which obviously is the case when it's a freshman, redshirt freshman. So, um, and they do get um, Trey Woods is back, so or they expect him to be back. So that's good to hear from the defense. So, just get a win, get healthy for the bye week, and maybe the defense will show up versus Boise State, or offense will do something to make that a fun game, which it, they've been the past couple of years. So. All right. But they should win and win. Do you think it's a like a big victory? I think it's a comfortable victory. I think it's probably going to be something like 27 to 13. So winning by fewer points than beating New Mexico State. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I say like 30 to 10. I'm hedging a little bit on the <laughs> I, I think that's why. Yeah, I think like maybe 28 10, 30 to 10, somewhere in that range. All right. So this is the last game we're talking about next for part one. Colorado State at Florida. Uh, <coughs> um, Rams. Me. I'm sorry you're facing a very upset Florida team who lost a, to Kentucky after, what, 32 straight times? After, um, me, after beating them 30-plus times and losing over the weekend, last weekend. I remember seeing the tweet that the last time Kentucky beat Florida was when Top Gun was in theaters. Ugh, that movie's terrible. Sorry sorry if you like it. That movie's awful. That's a hot take. And so I don't know why they're making a sequel, but it's, oh, geez, no. No, no. Okay, so, so here's a question. <laughs> here's my first question for you. Why is Florida favored by 20? Because it's Florida, the SEC. That's why. That seems like an awful lot, doesn't it? It does, especially since Florida's offense is nothing to be to call home about. They, yes, they scored 20, 20 or excuse me, not 27, 53 something against what Charleston Southern. Only mm-hmm. scored 16 versus Kentucky. Here's why it's too high it's because the Rams can score. And this, when I talked to our guy Brandon Blake, who's a, Flor- a noted Florida fan who does Nevada work for us, weird crossover, but it works. He is not super high in the defense because they were really good a year ago before, but he's saying like who they're losing, who's coming back is not not extremely confident. It'll be like an elite defense. Mm-hmm. So I, whatever it is, I don't think CSU is going to win the game, but I'm pretty sure they'll get within 20 points. So what do you think then that the Rams are going to have to do in order to best kind of pull off an upset bid. Not start off slow. That's like, true. Don't pull Hawaii versus that game where you have to do a raging comeback. Play better than than Colorado. And saving Arkansas, like they had the two comebacks. Like you can't fall behind her. That's simple enough, but you can't be down almost three touchdowns and expect to win a game. That's just tough. Also, you know what else I'm going to say? Do not play Colin Hill at all. Never. Unless it's for um, Carter Samuels gets hurt. Why take why take your a guy who's still recovering from a knee injury? And if you're if you're gonna play him, play him. Don't play him for like three snaps or three passes. But it's simple thing: start off quickly and don't get behind early. Or even yet, even the offense struggles, which will be hard because defense is not not that great. But don't fall behind a big lead. Whether it's zero to zero at halftime, within a <coughs> touchdown at halftime, just don't fall behind. I don't care if it's twenty to twenty or zero to zero. Just don't have a big deficit at any point in the game. That's what they need to do within the first half. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting, your point that you brought up about the the Florida defense maybe being a little overhyped because, you know, going back to, you know, their game last week against Kentucky, you know, it wasn't just the offense that struggled. The defense gave up almost eight yards per play. Oh, boy. And, you know, while neither team necessarily benefited from huge field position, it didn't also help that, the Gators only had three tackles for loss while Kentucky was running nearly 60 plays. So they weren't necessarily being disruptive enough either. And so while they have 
11 tackles for loss on the year, that number I feel is a little deceptive just because they got pushed around a little bit by Kentucky, which is something you wouldn't expect anybody to say ever. And the pass rush has more or less been kind of non-existent. The only guy with more than one sack is Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. He has two, but it's not like he's up there in the front four being a disruptive force. He actually plays their star position, which is something like a something like a like a linebacker safety hybrid position. So he'll he'll be a guy to watch, but you know, for as rough as the Rams offense has been, you know, here and there in the first couple in the first few weeks rather. I mean, I think if they can keep Carter Samuels upright, they're going to have a pretty good chance to move the ball against this team. They do, but I also want to see the running game show up as well because they have the depth to be really good running the ball. Mm-hmm. It just hasn't really been there as much as we like this year. Like Izzy Matthews, uh, Marvin Kinsey, Body, whoever's going to run the ball. They've plenty. Of, they've basically four guys back there who could run fairly well. I want to see that have a show up in this game. That's true. But I also think like Preston Williams. Like you mentioned, um, who's back? The tight end was back last week for the Rams. Cameron Butler. Yeah, he had what hundred, just over hundred yards. He's another mm-hmm. aspect to the offense. Maybe he gets more familiar. And also a good thing, they played an SEC team last week in Arkansas who. Talent, they're usually just okay in the SEC relative, but the type of athletes are going to be fairly similar to Florida. And so that's a good thing. It's, it's not like them going up from – because they play tough teams. Hawaii, FB, they haven't played an FCS team. Hawaii, Colorado, three straight Power 5 teams, which is a pretty tough schedule. They're not going to be – it's not going to be any talent difference where they – like I said, they played Texas State or Prairie View A&M or Dave – you know what I mean? The Cal Poly, something like that. They've been playing these – similar type of athletes for the past three past two weeks and so that's something where it's going to come into play where they're just more used to playing these type of guys well and here's something else that might come into play too even if the offense scuffles a little bit i do think that the that colorado state also has a pretty significant advantage on special teams too because we haven't really talked about them at all Ryan Stonehouse has been really good this year so far. Do you realize what his per punt average is right now? Net or actually kicking? It will. I I don't have the net figures in okay. front of me, but so just the average kick of his. I don't know, fifty-two. You're you're close. <laughs> you're overshooting it only a little bit. He's at forty-nine point nine. It's pretty good. It's half the football field, folks. Yeah, and he has. He has eighteen punts. He's locked six of them inside the twenty-yard line, and that's the kind of thing that. You know, if the offense sputters right around midfield, he can be the guy to pin them back and make Florida's subpar offense really work for it. And, you know, Wyatt Bryan, after the shaky opening week, he's been pretty good too. He's up to six of eight on the year now, including a perfect four of four from over 40 yards. And when you compare that to, you know, Florida's own special teams, you know, they're okay. Tommy Townsend, their punter's averaging 40 yards per punt. And and uh, their kickers Evan McPherson and Jorge Powell, excuse me, they're a combined four or five, but they haven't actually had any attempts from more than forty yards yet. So I think that as long as they can move the ball and at least get three points on their drives, that's not something I'm not sure that Florida can do themselves. You want to know why I'm somewhat? I'm not gonna. I don't know. I, this could be a stupid upset pick, but. Here's a note. Total offense, yards per, or not total offense, but yards per play. 6.76 against Charleston Southern, 5.37 versus Kentucky, 6.06 overall. 
that is, even though playing an FCS team, that is 12 of 14 in the SEC so far on a per-play basis. basis. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, 12. So, Well, and we talked about success rate earlier. Against Kentucky, they had a success rate under 40%. That's just not going to get it done. It may be a little higher against a Rams defense that still has some answers to give. It's but, not, you it's, know, it, but do you really want to bet that much on the Gators' offense? You're sounding to me that you're going to pick the upset. I think I am. Outright victory? Mm. Oh. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to do it. Oh! I'm going to do it. We need to. You know what we should do? I love that. For the spreadsheet you make, we need to have people do a stupid upset pick and highlight one of the games. I'm, I'm sorry, Brandon, but I don't believe in Florida. Brandon might agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> But so, we... I'm gonna t- so I'm going to take CSU to win. It's, I think it's going to be close when all is said and done. But I would take Colorado State to win 31-24. By a touchdown? Oh, yeah. Dang, that's bold. So, really quick, number fire. Here's what they have over there in teamrankings.com. They have Florida winning 37.5 to 18. Number fire 37.5 to 23. Those are both on the fir- fr- fr- yeah, on the fringe of covering. What of those is? Um, mm-hmm. I can't do it, man. I can't take the outright victory. Okay. The Rams have. Burned- well, are you taking them against the spread at least? I think so. The Rams have burned me too many times. Okay. So, I think it'll be way closer than people think. And remember, it's on SEC Network two Mountain Time, uh, four Eastern. So make sure you get to the channel six something on Directv or shameless plug free trial on Fubo TV. Hint hint. Go check that out, folks. There you go. There you go. If you don't have it, but it's a, uh, I I think it'll be close. I think because, like we said, the Florida defense isn't amazing. It's pretty good. I'm gonna say they're gonna cover. I think it's gonna be like like thirty five twenty four, something like that. All right, so you're going the other way. A little bit. Yeah, I think it'll be close. I even said in the offseason. I remember our super early preview show. I kind of hinted that the Rams might be able to pull this off because the Florida offense is so terrible. However, the Rams defense hasn't shown up enough to make me hopefully think they could do something. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, one other quick note here. Um, let's see here. Third down conversion is a pretty big deal. Florida's 41%. Rams are actually pretty good at 46%, so maybe that'll be a difference. But, yeah, I'm going. And also the over-unders, over-unders could be obliterated. It's only 55 and a half. Huh. That's yeah, I would take I would take the over. Take the that. over if you're in a in Mississippi or was it Maine? You can gamble Nevada, obviously New Jersey. I think wherever you can legally bet, go bet the over on that. Okay, definitely. All right, so that's our picks for part one. We'll post it shortly. We'll have part two. So if your team didn't get uh, mentioned here, thanks for listening. If you made it this far, if not, that's okay. We got your download. If you listened earlier and you're not hearing this now, we have six more games to go over. We'll be doing that later this week. That'll be including. San Jose State, Oregon, Oregon State, Nevada, New Mexico, New Mexico State, Prairie View, UNLV, Arizona State, San Diego State. Intriguing there. Fresno at UCLA. So we'll get back to those in a couple days. Maybe I'll combine these as well, and we'll just get a a long podcast if you want to do that too. So we'll see. We'll also have two special podcasts, or I guess one, chat with the guys from Oklahoma, and our guy Raj will give his own probably Homer-filled Boise preview for this game, which is perfectly fine. And again, Subscribe to our podcast. Let us know what you think. Leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher. Go to Blog Talk Radio. You can now listen directly from Twitter on Blog Talk Radio, which is a nice add-on to their uh, link information or link uh, 
what we call link details, I guess, linkage. Mm-hmm. Just listen, right? Tell a friend. Retweet it. Share it on Facebook. Say, hey, these guys are a bunch of dummies. Or, hey, these guys picked my team to win, and it's awesome. Share it with the UCF fans in your life and make them mad. We already share Hey, side note, their game is canceled versus UNC, which sucks because last year's game versus Georgia Tech also got canceled. Or well, I think their, their, strength, their strength of schedule is going to go up. You think so? No. Dude, UNC is trash. I'll just leave it at that. They lost to Cal. Which, yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They also lost to East Carolina. They did? UNC did? They, UNC lost to East Carolina last week, uh, yeah. Disregard. I did not see that. All right, then. So we'll see how it goes. But thanks for listening. Again, like I said, subscribe, tune in. I think we're on Last FM. If you Hey, if you use Last FM, let us know because I surely don't. Have you ever heard of Last FM, Matt? I have. Have <laughs> you ever used it? I, you know what? I used to. Really? Why? Back, way back in the day. Just because I was, I was self-conscious about making sure everybody else knew I was listening to cool music. Oh, music, not podcast. Okay, I hear yeah. you. So similar to like iHeartRadio, you can music or podcast. Or I guess tune in as well. Now you can do that as well. So wherever your podcast is, find it. Subscribe, share it with a friend. Um, yeah, that's cool. And we'll see you next time. MWR.com. And we'll be back shortly to talk about part two of these games and have a good one, folks.